Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. John chapter 11, it's a very familiar story, very familiar reading. But by the help of the Lord, I want to minister it a little different than I've ever ministered about it before. John 11, verse number 39. Glad to see my mother-in-law and my father-in-law here today. Hallelujah. Verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hast hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The period there, I think, ought to be an exclamation mark. Don't agree with that. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. I believe that's exclamation too. Tonight... Hallelujah. By the help of the Lord, I want to minister on this subject, the call to the dead. The call to the dead. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your spirit that I feel hovering tonight. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would move through my voice and speak to souls in this church. Lord, we need awakening in this place. Help me, Lord, tonight. I'm dependent on you, Lord, for the anointing, for the words to speak. God, anoint our minds together. Bring them together, God. Bring them to this place that Lazarus was, God. That we might be awakened, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. The call to the dead. I want us to first take a look at Jesus' order. He says, take away the stone. Take away the stone. He first let in, let the light shine in the darkness. 
He took the stone away that the light might shine in. And light will always pierce darkness. It will always pierce darkness. Let me put a little insert in here before I begin. If Jesus had arrived earlier than four days after the death of Lazarus, it would have been less miraculous. For the Jews believed that the soul stayed near the body for three days in hopes of re-entering the body. They believed that death arrived with the drop of gall that came from the sword of the angel of death and that as this drop of gall changed the body's face on the fourth day, that the soul finally left its resting place near the body. Therefore, once the fourth day began, they decided that Lazarus was dead and beyond all hope. There was no hope of him living again. Explains to us also why Jesus was in the tomb for three days and three nights. It wouldn't have been miraculous without it. I want you to notice that Mary cautions Jesus about removing the stone. She says, he stinketh by now. Lord, he, he's going to stink. There's going to be a stench. He's been dead four days, and uh, his, his, his body is starting to decompose, and, and, and there, there's going to be a stench when the stone is rolled away. Allow me to use pastor's phrase tonight. I want you to walk with me a while and don't judge me too quickly. Amen. I believe when they removed the stone, that I believe, okay, now I've, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't have nobody, uh, I don't have no commentaries that's told me this, and, but as I began to study and pray about this, I believe when the stone was removed, that everybody could smell the stench of death. But when Jesus spoke the name Lazarus, I believe that the stench of death left. Glory. Hallelujah. Jesus called to a man he loved, Lazarus, come forth. And in that moment of silence, I wonder what was going on down in the tomb. Hallelujah. We know without a shadow of a doubt that Lazarus heard the call. But I want you to notice something that he had to respond to the call. Jesus did not go in after him to bring him out. But he waited for Lazarus to walk out from death. When Lazarus heard the voice of the master, I believe that Lazarus with all of his heart wanted to separate himself from death. I believe death and the stench of death had to leave because death or anything that's connected with death cannot stay in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ha! Ha! 
Hallelujah. I don't believe those that took the wrap off his body had to hold their nose to do so. Because when death left, the stench left. And I'm going to tell you something else. I believe, Brother Terry, that that sweet aroma of perfumes, come on, and spices returned, and he smelled good all over again. Come on. Hallelujah. I don't believe they had to unwrap his legs, uh, amen, and hold their nose, but I believe when God returned him to life, he returned the good smell, and there was no B.O., if you please. Glory, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, that sweet aroma of perfume and spices returned. Hallelujah. And I believe this was made the miracle, even a greater miracle. Because I don't believe that God leaves death stench on anybody that he brings alive. You say, well, brother, pastor, why do you believe that? Or, or bishop, why do you believe that? I'll tell you why I believe that. It's because when I find the three Hebrew children in the burning, fiery furnace, when they come out, there was not a smell of smoke on them. Hallelujah. If he can do that with fire, honey, he can do it with death. Woo! I'm about to preach to somebody tonight. There are some people in here that's got a stench of death on them, but you don't have to stay where death is. You can separate yourself from death. Go. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that we like Lazarus can stay in the darkness of death or I believe that we got the ability to step into the light, come on, and leave death behind. Come on. I'm telling you, the death has got, the devil has got a death grip on the church. Come on. There is people that said in our midst that they are among death. They are close to death. Darkness has surrounded them, and they are letting darkness overtake them when they don't have to stay where death is. If death is here, honey, I'll separate myself from it. I'm going to get away from death. Ha, glory. I'm getting away from death. I want to move on up. I want to be alive. Woo. I want somebody to unwrap me. I want somebody to loosen me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you that are sitting in my midst are in the presence of death right now. And you don't even know it. Hallelujah. <laughs> there is a God right now that's calling the church out of darkness of death into a marvelous light. Hallelujah. I want to encourage somebody. There's a light that's still shining in the darkness. Come on. I said there's a light that's still shining in the darkness. You don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have, come on, to be lost without God. There is a light that's shining in your tomb of death. And he's calling to you. Come out. <laughs> come forth. God. Hallelujah. 
Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lazarus responded to the call of Jesus. Yet I feel like in our midst tonight there is people that the Lord is calling to, calling to come forth, and they're not responding. <laughs> They'd rather stay in the presence of death. They'd rather stay where they're at to be delivered from it. <laughs> I've heard people, I've talked to people, Brother Terry, that says, I'm not ready right now. <laughs> if you stay around death very long, come on. Hallelujah. It'll overtake you just like the Jews thought it would. About the fourth day, they thought, well, all hope was gone. I'm going to tell you, I know some people that have stayed around death, and death now has overcome them. And now I'm telling you, there may not be any hope. You better come while he's calling. Whoa, he's calling you. Come forward. Somebody better respond to the call. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he's calling us out of darkness unto a marvelous light. Are we going to respond? Are you going to stay right where you're at in the realm of death? Hallelujah. Uh, if I could ever preach this, like I really want to. I'm going to preach it tonight. I want you to remember that nothing good ever happens to the body in death. It, de it only deteriorates. It loses its vibrance. The energy is gone. Come on. The body becomes stiff. It's not flexible anymore. Have you ever took and laid your hand on the, on the hand of a deaf person? It's such a feeling. It's not the soft hands that you used to remember, but it's the stiff feeling, stiff and dry, no moisture. Come on, I'm, I'm going to paint you a picture because I don't want you staying where death is. Come on. Hallelujah. Why do you think these seats are empty? It's people that have held on to death. And now the hope is dwindling away, church. It's going to take you and I, come on, to resurrect them. Oh, come on. As Jesus had to resurrect Lazarus, it's going to take the church to resurrect them. And the first thing we got to do is have a resurrected spirit. We can't go on like we're going and resurrect some bodies. We can't bring any life thing to life without life ourselves. We got to come alive in this church. I'm tired of a sinner set on the pews. It's time to worship. It's time to get busy. It's time to pray. Glory. Hallelujah. Some sitting in our midst are bound. No flexibility in you no more. You stiffen up when the presence of God comes. He's saying, come forth. He's saying, worship me. And we're sitting and we're stiffening ourselves. Come on. We're, we're against even the Spirit of God that's coming in our midst. 
when we ought to say, let it happen, Lord. I'll worship you. Whatever it takes to get in your presence, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever it takes to separate myself from the death of this world, I'm going to do. I want to live. Come on. I want to move. I want to have my being in God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. As I've prayed for this message, my mind has went many times. And I start going through all of the people that were vibrant in the church, that were alive. And now death has got a grip on them. As Brother Mason, he, he preached the sermon this morning to, to, to set the stage for me tonight. I began to think about, and I've, I mention it every time I pray, Brother Mason, I think about those 25 young people that used to walk through the... And I call out names. Regularly I call out names. And it don't stop there. But Pastor... I start remembering all of the even people that were connected with those names. I start remembering them. Come on. I start remembering nieces and nephews and grandkids. And Come on. I began to think about all of those that were connected. And if we would take all of those that were connected and them back, this church would be full. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Let Oboshataba. Yet we're hanging on to death. We're staying near to him. We're not separating ourselves. Come on. We've got to separate ourselves from this world. It's nothing but death overshadowing you when you walk out this church door, honey. The presence of God is with you, but you're walking in death. You go to your job, there's death surrounding you. And if you're not careful, you get caught in the midst of it and you turn cold. You become stiff to the freedom of God's Spirit. And we come to church and we're all tied up. Come on. We will allow anybody to loosen us that we might worship. <laughs> you don't understand, Bishop. I don't feel like worship. Neither do I sometimes when I come in the doors. But I want to get loose. Come on. You've got to understand that when I don't feel good, I'm closer to death. So I want to move away from it. I'm going to worship and praise my God anyway. I want to move away from death. I don't want to be swallowed up by death. It's sad, but apostolic churches, some of them are full of dead people. You know why? Because the pastor has moved away has moved into the presence of death. He once was separated from it, but he becomes cold, and the more cold he gets, the closer to death he becomes. 
And the first thing you know, we got a dead church. And I've seen more churches full of dead people. The lively churches. The Bible said that straight is a gate and narrows the way and few there be that find it. Those that are full, mark them because they're usually not full of the right thing. Come on. I'm not saying that there isn't some apostolic churches that are full. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking the apostolic movement as a whole. If we're not careful, we get caught up in death more than life. Hallelujah. When sports become, and it was preached at church camp, when sports become more important than the house of God, then they're wrong. Hey, you can tape them things at home. But don't take time out from God. Because every time you take some time out from God and do your own little thing, I'm going to tell you, you're moving closer to death. And after a while, you won't respond when somebody says, come forth. Even with anointing and with fervor, you'll stay right where you're at because you're dead. And now it's going to take a resurrection for you. So it's going to take the power of God to resurrect you. But you've got to first get in his presence before that can happen. He's not going to chase you down in your grave situation. He's not going to, he's not going to chase you down in, in the beer joint. He's not going to chase you down in the worldly places. You're going to have to find him. Oh, hallelujah. Don't stay in the realm of death. You'll deteriorate. Your energy is going to be gone just a little bit because you've separated yourself from life. And death has overshadowed you. And that light on the outside just keeps getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer till you're in darkness. I'm here to tell you, church, we're deteriorating. We're losing our energy. Brother Terry, I'm sorry I'm going back, but I'm, I'm going back for a purpose of tonight. I can remember and we we'll all put in just as many hours way back then and maybe just more. Even in the first church, the second church, everybody worked hard, put in long hours. But I'm going to tell you something. It didn't keep us from getting to church on six at 5 o'clock on, on Sunday night to pray, to hit the prayer room. In fact, it didn't even stop us. No matter what time we got off on Wednesday night, there was people praying early. 
Hallelujah. You know why? Because we separated ourselves from death. But after a while, we get so used to the presence of God, we start drifting back toward that, and after a while, there's no feeling no more. I don't know about you, but I am worried, church, when you get to the place you say, I don't understand. Everybody's shouting and having a good time, and I didn't feel nothing. You better worry. Come on. You better respond to life. You better respond to the call. Come out. Come on, come forth. Come out of there. Get away from death. Get away from the world. Bishop, I'm still praying. I'm still at church every time the doors is open. You can be in church and still be close to death. Brother Mason... I remember people that come every Sunday, but when they died, I didn't feel like they was no more closer to God than they were when they were living. They come. They got close to light. Never comprehended it, never embraced it. I'm telling you, church, I'm calling on First Apostolic Church that there needs to be a response. In the singing, when the music's been played, we need to respond and praise. Come on. There needs to, come on. It's good to clap your hands, but there, hey, David taught us in Psalms to accompany it with a voice. Come on, clap your hands. Come on. Come on, shout to God with the voice of triumph. Come on, there needs to be some hallelujahs when we're clapping our hands. There needs to be some thank you, Jesus. I'm glad that I'm alive. Come on, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for the miracles in my body. Thank you for my family that you've saved. Come on, we need to respond to the music with a clapping of hands and a raising of our voice. Oh, oh, I'm preaching with love. I'm preaching with compassion. I've done plenty of crying over this message already. Hallelujah. Because I see it. I've watched it go downhill. And my soul cries out to God. God, when? When, Lord? When are we going to see the revival of restoration? God, when are we going to reach Mount Carmel? When is there going to be a response, God? Yet if we as the church don't respond, the ones on the outside will never respond. If we don't somehow, Sister Rhonda McGee, get a fire built in this church, nobody will want to come to see it burn. They don't want to come where there's no fire, where there's no spirit. Come on, they've had that all their life. Why people come here? They come here because they're tired of where they're at. They want to feel something that's real. Come on. They're tired of going in and going through the motions. Come on. And somebody reading the word and somebody else, come on, come along behind them and say a few lines. You say your line, I'll say my line. They call that preaching. I'm telling you, church, it's time to get it busy in the house of God and respond to the presence of God. 
It's time to respond to the service time. It's time to respond on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, Friday night for the youth. It's time to respond. I'm tired. You don't understand. I'm tired. Yes, I do. I understand. As I get older, Miss Sister McGinn and I is getting tarder. In the last 23 years, I've run a lot of miles. I'm not no one, nobody had no pity on me. I thank God for those miles that the Lord has allowed me to run, and it's only been by Him that I've been able to run them. But there comes a time, come on, Brother Mason, I believe it was Berlin this morning, there comes a time, what are you going to do when the elders is gone? What are you going to do when the worshipers are gone? Are you going to be able to worship? Are you going to be able to build a fire on your pew? Hallelujah. I like what Brother Sean Garnett said at camp. He said the guy, it was a guy in his church that had come there. And he was thinking about he was going to leave and he'd come to them and wanted to know if they'd back him and he wanted to leave and start another church. He said, there's enough churches in this city already. Oh, but I feel like I can really win souls. And he said, I was lost for words, but my wife wasn't. Said she spoke up and she said, how are you going to win souls when you've not won anybody in this church yet? Come on, church. Who have you won lately? Who's come because of you? God, come on. Who's responded to the call that you've made? I know this is tough. I almost shut. We're living too close to death. And not responding to the call of the Savior that says come forth. <laughs> come out from among them in other words. It's time for you to be separated from it. Come on. Yet we get closer. We, we take up their fads. Their ways. Come on now. Every stinking fad the world's got's almost worked its way into the church. It's time to get rid of the fad of the world. I don't know about you, but I'm still apostolic Pentecostal. I don't have to dress like them. Come on. Woo, come on. I don't have to act like them. I don't have to tell dirty jokes like them. Come on. I don't even have to tell jokes. Come on. I can be in the presence of the Lord and I'm happy. I can laugh. I can rejoice. You'll get yourself a laugh just seeing somebody dance in the spirit. Brother Mikey used to do it all the time down there, the first church. He brought the, he'd, he'd bring his son, he'd bring, he'd bring his nephews, and they'd sit back there and say, man, hey, look at that boy. He said, I've never seen that side of Paulie at all. Man, 
Look at them. Man, they back there laughing. Pretty soon they was a part of it. They laughed so much that they laughed themselves right in the company of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing you know, they was acting just as bad as we were. Come on, they all, come on, he had his little curly shuffle. <laughs> Sister Irene's trying to get her balance. She's got them things going backwards, trying her best to stand up. And it ain't working. She's staggering. Brother Junior's got his shovel out, and he's digging taters. He told me, he said, I don't think I could dig many taters. So I told him, I, I was expecting a little tater digging tonight. He said, I don't think I could dig any taters. I said, you may not be able to dig as many, but I got a feeling you can still dig. Come on, church. There's some of you in here that hadn't made the move to try it for so long. You don't know what God would do to your body. <laughs> I would to God, you'd shake the bobby pins out and the hair would fall down. Let it happen, Sister McGee. I'm going to say thank you, Jesus. When Sister Jessup, amen, and Sister Charlene says, hey, pass, hey, Bishop, we picked up some bobby pins the other day. It went pling. Oh, Lord, let it pling, pling, pling. Glory, glory. Man, I remember sweeping the, the carpet, the old church, and I'd, the second church, running across that carpet and go, pling, pling. And I had to stop and have myself a little ha-la because I knew we'd had a good service, brother. When they shucked their hair loose, honey, things is all right. There is some response. That's what God is asking tonight. I want some response. I'm tired of you sitting there like a, not on the log. I'm ready for a response. I'm ready for some praise. I'm ready for some worship. I'm ready for somebody to run. I'm ready for somebody to jump. Huh. There's a call to the dead that's going on right now. I wonder if we're going to respond. Hallelujah. Whew. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, there's some of you that's been there already too long because I see a change in your face. Actions speak louder than words. There's truth in that. I can tell what kind of mood you are when you walk in the door, honey. All I got to do is take one look, and then I'm going to turn my head and pray. Because I don't want to be where you're at. Come on. Come on. If you can't worship, change sides. Bishop's preaching hard, but I'm going to do it. Come on. If we can't worship where we're at, you need to move away from there. You need to get where you can respond. Change sides of the church. Change your seat. Change whatever it takes to be able to respond. Oh. God. Oh. 
It'll even make the backslider and the sinner come in and look and say, well, where should I sit tonight? Well, that looks like, about like me. I'll go sit with them. Tell you, it's evident on your face they can see it too. Bless God, Sister Sally and what she used to be. I can sure tell that. Look at that face. And old Isaac sitting awful still. Must be something wrong with his feelings. It didn't used to be that way. What made him move before? He wasn't among death. He separated himself. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on, church. There needs to be some separation in here going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see a change of the face. The Jews said the fourth day there was a change in the face. No wonder they thought it was so miraculous when they unwrapped Lazarus' face and it looked just like it did before he was buried. The only better because he's well now. He's vibrant again. He's got energy. Ha! Huh? He's out testifying. He's eating again. He's sitting at the table. He's probably doing him a little jigs. Oh, I'm feeling good. Man, them old legs, it was all wrapped up. And I had to kind of come up those steps like this. Bless God, I can dance now. Yeah, I can lift my arms and I can praise him. I'm limber again. I'm energetic again. I'm enthusiastic. Come on, I got it back. I would to God some people in church would get it back. You've lost it. God's calling you back. Brother Fred, I can remember you dancing for hours. Say, yeah, but that was a long time ago. I'm going to tell you, if that same spirit got hold of you now, you could still dance for hours. Brother Junior, you may be 87 years old, but I'm going to tell you something. That same spirit get a hold of you. I remember getting a hold of you down the middle church. And you coming down the aisle shouting the glory. That same spirit get a hold of you tonight, honey. I'm going to tell you, you'd walk like you wouldn't need that walker. Mm. That same spirit get a hold of you, Sister Irene. You become drunk and you're doing this thing. I'm telling you, that same spirit get a hold of you tonight. Honey, you wouldn't need the oxygen or the wheelchair. Come on. You say, Bishop, you're nuts. No, I'm not. God can still heal at 87 years old and 85 years old. God is no respect a person. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. 
no shadow of turning, no variableness at all in him. Sister Sarah, it's been a while since you've done it, but I know you can still run. Sister Rhonda McGee, I know good and well you're reversing out. She hasn't stripped the gears, it's still working. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Woo! You know, I feel God coming in this place. I remember you was just as live as the rest of us. And I want to tell you right now, she's not far from God. How'd I know? Because I'm all watching her face. I see the expressions. I know God is doing something. <laughs> and the more I see him do, the more excited I get, and the more I want to pray. Come on, church. When somebody gets touched in our midst, we need to take it to heart and pray harder than we've ever prayed for them. There needs to be some people on their knees seeking God for that person. Feeling the Holy Ghost in here. Mm. I almost feel him walking up down the aisles and across the front. Hold up, shot. Brother Junior, I believe you could get your well voice back. No weakness in speech. No weakness in the legs. Still digging taters. Still shouting the glory down. Come on, church. If he can let Abraham and Sarah have a baby when they're 100 years old, what makes you think that he can't restore my father-in-law and make him new again? At 90 years old, the king said, Sarah, you look good. He took her into his house. Can you imagine how young she must have looked? You know why? She stayed away from death. I'm going to tell you, church, we in the house of God would live longer if we'd stay away from death. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not to brag, but it'll, 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 it'll fit in the story real well. I was someplace the other day. And I'm going to tell you, this person's been to this church several times. She said, I know it's not nice to ask. She said, but I got a feeling you're older than you act. 
So I told her, I said, I'm 64 years old. I'll be 65 in November. She said, I'd have never guessed it. I'd have never guessed it. She said, you don't look your age. I'm going to tell you, it's a God thing. It's not me. She could only see me before I got a little close to death and diabetes took over. But I'm going to see. I'm trying to separate myself from death, so I'm figuring on getting some of that back. I'm figuring on getting some of my energy back. You can stay close to death if you want to. I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to stay limber as long as I can. Come on. I'm going to kick and I'm going to shout the glory of the Lord. As long as I can do it, I'm going to shout with a voice of triumph. I'm going to let the devil know that I'm alive. Sister McGee, I may have to stay in the recliner tomorrow, but I'm going to enjoy tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this a little bit. Sister McGee will be the first to tell you that I love nightlights. I can already hear some of you snickering. Bishops pray the dark. No, I'm not. Church, I like to see where I'm going. His light shines on my pathway, and he's a lamp unto my feet. The Lord likes lights, too. I'm not sorry that I like lights. Sister McGee, on the other hand, does not like nightlights at all. She would rather stumble around in darkness than to turn on the light. And she's paid the price over the years with broken toes because she couldn't see where she was going. I'd rather wear house shoes than to break a toe. I hate to get I hate to I hate to stub a toe. I mean I hate it. I do not like it. It makes me have a bad night. In the latter years, I want you to know that I've taken control of this thing for her and my good, and I've decided there will be nightlights. And if the bulb goes out, we're going to get some more. I've got lights in the, I've got a light in the hallway right next to our master bed. There is a light in the kitchen that shines really good. There is one in the living room. So if I'm headed to the other end of the trailer in the middle of the night, i got to get to my office to pray. I don't want to stub my toe and get my spirits all out of sort before I go to prayer. That gets me out of sorts. I want to say, ah! But I ain't worshiping. It's a different voice. 
I go to the other end and there's a bathroom down there, there is a nightlight in there. And the bedroom right next to it, there is a nightlight in there. Honey, I can see all the way through the house. I wish they'd turn their porch light out next door. That's Sister McGee. It's shining in. I'm going to put a towel over that window. I've been trying to teach her for 48 years. Why don't you just get used to the light? I want to tell some people in church, why don't you just get used to the light? Come on. You may not like darkness. I'm going to tell you, but if you stay there very long, honey, you're going to be among the dead. It's time to come out. It's time to break the chains of darkness. Break every chain, break every chain. Power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Break, come on. Hallelujah. Some of you have been bound too long. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know, y'all got to laugh. You laugh all you want. But some of you have refused the light. And you're walking around in the darkness. No, not, no idea where you're headed. You're about to stub a toe. Till I break your toe too. And I've noticed something about broken toes. They don't usually grow real straight again. Then you've got a problem with shoes. I don't want mine broke. I don't want Sister McGee to break no more. Hallelujah. I know where you're headed, though. You're headed for more trouble than you can handle. But the bad part about it, it's then that you'll decide, maybe I do need a light. After the call, Brother Mason has done run out long ago. And he's tried to say, come forth, Sister Rhonda. Come on out. After we stay there so long, we've lost our energy. We've lost our enthusiasm. And we don't want to get out anymore. You want to start staying home, the more you want to stay home. watch individuals, the first thing they do is they begin to miss one service. They'll come on Sunday morning. They'll come on Sunday night, but Wednesday night, oh well, it's just Bible study. Sunday night, Sunday morning's when most people come. I'll, I'll go one Sunday morning. You're Sunday morning Christians. What are you going to do when the devil visits you on Sunday night and you're at home? What are you going to do when darkness hits your home on a Sunday night and you're not at church where you should be? The first thing that happened is the church would get a call. Or somebody in it so you could get the word to them. We need prayer. You should have been at church where you could have got prayer and been the light. You need to separate yourself from the TV where it's junk anyway. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Amen, Bishop. Woo! 
off the TV, it's going to take you to hell. But you know it's got a switch on there. You can turn it off. You know what it is, though? If you're not careful, you get involved, and the first thing you know, you're right there close to death. You're watching shows you don't have no business watching. It's even sometimes dangerous to watch the news. Commercials. They don't call them commercials for no reason. In other words, it's worldly. Commercialized. The church has become commercialized. Oh, it's getting quiet. I can preach when it's quiet too. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are people right here now who want a portion of light. I said they want a portion of light, Pastor. They want to see a little bit, but not too much. Man, I want come in here and say, ooh. This feels good. They want to see a little bit. My oldest daughter, when she was backslid the first time, she went the depths of sin. And when she started trying to work her way back, she tried the Methodist church first. And there wasn't nothing there. So she tried the Charismaniac church next. You know, because there was just a little feeling there. And she could sing in the choir and she felt a little bit. They'd allow her to sing in the choir and do whatever when she got outside. didn't matter. I'm telling you, we're holding on to holiness. I want you to come. Come on. I want you to come. I don't care how you dress, but there is a code to be on our platform. And I'm not sorry of it. And we're not going to back down from it. Come on. You know why? Because what's up here represents this guy right here. It shines a light on him. Come on. People look at the platform and they're looking at the pastor to see if he lines up with what he's preaching. Come on, church. Separate. Respond to the gospel. Respond to the word of God. Move away from death. Move away from the world. You've recently come from another place that didn't believe like that. You keep coming. I love you. You keep coming. Because I'm going to tell you, one of these days, you're going to respond fully to that call. And when you do, you're not going to have to worry about the rest, honey. It's going to change automatically. <laughs> Woo! It'll happen if you allow it to. If you've got the want to to move away from death, you can. Yes, sir. All things are possible to him that believes. Oh, Jesus. See, these people want a portion of light. They think if they can't see it, then they're not accountable. But I'm here to tell you, you're accountable 
for every chance you miss to see the light. You know, a pastor was teaching it. You wasn't there. Not his fault. God's going to judge you. Oh, it's getting quiet. I want to tell somebody, this is not a light that you can quench at will. It will either shine in you or not shine. And the choice is yours. God will never... He didn't... He wasn't going about to go down in that grave and pull Lazarus out of death. Lazarus had to make a choice and had to respond to the call. He could have, he could have said, no, I don't want to go. Stayed right where he was at. But there was something within him when he heard the, I believe when he heard the master's call, said, ooh, I ain't seen him for a while. I'm ready to go eat with him. And they was preparing the meal. All right. I'm about to close. Of Mason, you come, your sister Mason. Song and music. I want somebody to say, I choose to shine. Let's say it with authority. I choose to shine. Some of you are not saying it because you're not really sure yet. I'm going to just tell you, you're, some of you shining even though you've not opened your mouth. I get to feeling so good when I look and I see you shining even though you're not wanting to. You come with your mind already made up that I'm not going to do anything tonight. And the first thing you know, I see Man, I smile and I say, thank you, Jesus. It's been a little while since I've seen some of you in here really shine. Brother Alex, I'm so proud of you at camp. This boy was shined, buddy. Our little brother shined. He had that big old flag of Jesus, and he was running around the tabernacle. He was shining, buddy. He left the choir, and he was down front shouting the glory down. In fact, they didn't have a lot of choir. That one night, it went crazy. Everybody came off the platform and they was tearing it up down front. I mean, tearing it up. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to nail you good. I, re- I thought, I can remember these days. Maybe that's why the Lord gave me this message. It's time to move away from death. We're responding to death rather than life. We're letting the devil drag us through the mud and tell us how bad we're getting. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We all are to shout while pastor's preaching. 
We heard the same messages up there, Brother Sean Garnett, as our pastors preached here. And I'm going to tell you the truth. If we'd have removed Brother Sean Garnett and put the pastor up there in the place, the same thing would have happened. You know why? Because people was ready to respond. When you get ready to respond, honey, it'll happen. We've responded to death rather than life. There wasn't no music going, honey. They was shouting. Every place. Don't get me wrong. They shouting the music's going too, but it didn't stop when the preaching hit. That's the way it ought to be. If you can shout to the song, you sure ought to be able to shout to the message. Hey, this is the Word of God. There's power in this. Just the spoken Word. There's power. He sent His Word and He healed them. You tell me there's not power. This altar's open. Who's going to move away from death? Who's going to respond to the call? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.